you. I'm Kim. And I'm Tara. Welcome to Unapologetically You. Today we are talking with fellow podcaster Amanda from Heightened Life. Amanda tells us the story of how she became her authentic self after letting past trauma go. Stay tuned for Amanda's story. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook at Unapologetically You Podcast. And please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on so that we can continue to inspire you. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's, it's great to be here. You are in such a great place now. You have this blog and a podcast yourself, which is awesome, called Heighten Life. We obviously love this. Um, but in your lifetime, there were several times where you struggled with some different mental wellness, right? Um, so why don't we start with maybe one of the first times you recognized uh, at a point in your life where there was some mental instability going on? To, to put things in context, I was I had some childhood traumatic experiences um, when I was three years old, and I kept them a secret from everyone until I was 30. So as you can imagine, that's a lot of suppression. And um, But I had a fairly normal childhood, um, you know, some problems around 10, 11, 12, kind of getting used to transitioning into my teen years, things like that was challenging. Sure. But I really didn't have big problems until my sophomore year of college. Um, I think just the, wow, I'm out on my own and I'm, I've got to make my way in the world on my own. And I, I couldn't figure out how. So I, I tried um, a lot of different ways of escaping and that didn't work out very well. So Sure. Yes. Well, in escaping, I think that's like, that's a, that's a natural thing that, especially at that age, right? Like you, right after, right in college, you're already, you know, exploring with different things. And then if you're just getting out of college, trying to really find out who you are, escaping into alcohol generally is something that we hear a lot now. Like that is, that is a natural go-to for people. Yes. I, I was always um, very shy and, and felt really inhibited, especially since there was a part of me I didn't share with everyone. So alcohol was something that allowed me to just kind of, you know, like loosen my inhibitions enough to where I, I felt comfortable being social with people. So yeah, it was, it was easy to take that a little bit overboard at times. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you were escaping from, you know, all of the things that had happened to you, how did you find out that you were in a bad place really? And how did you get yourself out of that? Well, um, honestly, it was people, my peers and my family finally coming to me and being like having a, an intervention of sorts. Um, I remember at one point, several of my friends in college kind of took me aside and sat me down and were like, look, you know, you need to change all these situations. And, but I didn't listen. I, I was, um, very adamant in the way I was living at that time. And then um, finally, it, it was just my grades started to plummet. I lost my scholarship. My family, fi I finally moved back home with my family um, for and changed schools. And then sure. I, I got my grades back in order and things started going better for a while. So. And so that was, so that was the first time. So when you, you got your grades back in order, so did you quit drinking altogether? Did you quit that escape or... No, I, well, I had two experiences in college while I was at the first college, one in 2001 and then one in 2003, but neither was very severe, just enough to kind of shake me up. And then I would go back to what I was doing prior. Um, then I, I fi finished college and 
still, you know, until 2008, I was living on my own. I got my own apartment and then I had a really bad um, experience as far as just a stop. I wasn't sleeping. I went, um, I went 10 days on four hours of sleep total. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, I didn't even know uh, that was possible. Yeah. yeah. A lot of coffee. And, and at the time I was, um, I was taking different psychiatric medicines that I was prescribed and probably wasn't taking them properly. And it sure. just, yeah. Um, so that was the worst. That was really what kind of shook me up to the point. I was like, I've got to get myself in line or I'm going to die, you know? So, right. and then yeah. I started being really, really strict with taking all my medication correctly and trying to do well in 2008. I moved in with my parents, but I gained 90 pounds in three months because the only thing I enjoyed was eating because I was still trying to escape. Right. And that, that sure. was really, really tough. That was probably the most miserable time of my life more. So I wasn't drinking then or, or doing any, you know, other substances, just my medicine and food, but it was not good. Well, you just, you just moved from alcohol to food, food and yeah. used it as the exact same type of coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, I was too afraid to face what was going on within me, you know, and sure. I, I, I did that for a long time. Sure. And so what happened to get you to recognize that like you had to do some of that inner work and maybe, maybe address all of that? Well, I had been, I was miserable for a, about a year. I was kind of like very stagnant in my life. And my grandfather passed away. Um, where I grew up, we grew up, we lived on a big farm and my parents had a house and then my grandmother's house was next door. So my grandparents okay. were, were my neighbors and my grandfather passed away. And um, I walked up on the hill behind the house, which was quite a hike, especially since I'd gained 90 pounds and I was, sure. it was very uncomfortable. So I sat down um, under this apple tree and I, I can remember it so vividly. I sat down and just, I just completely broke down and wept for, I don't even know how long, but it wasn't just because of my grandpa's death. It was like everything that i had ever felt just came rushing in. And I'd been so numbed because of all the, the psychiatric medicines and like just re recuperating from what I'd been through. It was the first time I'd really cried in probably two years or so at that point. And, but then when it passed, I just felt this like huge sense of relief and freedom. It was like everything looked brighter and, and I realized I'd rather feel like really bad pain on occasion then not feel anything at all. And then I was like, wow, I can do this, I, you know, and it took a while to get things really in order. That was in 2010, but my life really changed at that point. And then um, shortly thereafter, I met my husband, which was like the, the biggest game changer. And that, that helped a lot too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's amazing. So you had like some sort of epiphany or a revelation up there that, yeah, <laughs> that's so cool that you, you were able to turn your life around from that point when you eventually brought up what happened to you, the abuse that happened to you. Did you tell your family about that? You know, I told, I didn't, I told my grandma because she's always kind of been my confidant, you know? Um, and I, I didn't want to tell my immediate family at first because I knew it would hurt them so much. And I just wanted to kind of test the waters. I told my my grandmother and then a couple of close friends and my husband, of course, after we were married and well, when we were dating, I told him. And then, um, but yeah, I waited a while before I told my parents and, and it was one of those things they're like, why didn't you tell us? And, and 
the situation was with me is I was afraid that they would get hurt if they knew when I was a little kid. And by the time I realized that that wouldn't have ha- happened, I just thought that telling them wouldn't have changed the situation. It was past and, you know, caused more trouble. So. But it was, I'm sure, a big part of your healing and telling them, right? You know, it was, but at the same time, like I posted a blog about this actually. And my mom and I talked afterwards and it was funny because she was like, she made a comment that I didn't sound, you know, very upset. And I was like, well, because I didn't, I don't want that to be the focus of my life. And that's something I'd had trouble with even doing therapy and different things because I wanted to get my story out. But at the same time, I've already lived it once and I didn't want to like wallow in it. I just wanted to be like, okay, I accept it. It hurt, but it's made me who I am, you know, to a degree and, and move on, you know? Sure. Well, in that lesson, like what you just said right there, like that's what we find from so many different people on our podcast. And when they share their stories, it's that like just accepting it and recognizing that like as awful as it was, like you are this incredible human being that you are today because of all the experiences you've had. And that was just a small glimpse and you're not letting it define who you are. Exactly. And I think honestly, as bad as it was, it gave me a greater appreciation for the good things in life because I know like it can be bad, but you know, that that makes the good all the more worthwhile. Cause if I focused on being a victim, it would just, and just wallowed in that I wouldn't move forward at all. So. Yeah. You, you've gone through this healing process, you meet your husband and things are like totally working for you what else happened from there? Like it just kept going up, right? Well, no, (laughs) you know, I met my husband. That was all great. But still then I think I was trying to figure out, okay, I'm, I'm married now. How do I act? You know, like I was still trying to seek all this outward validation because I I just had re-entered basically being social. I'd been living on the farm with my parents, you know, for two years and really not confident or comfortable with who I was. See, during that time from um, 2010 till I met my husband, I had, I'd lost like 70 pounds was, was, you know, doing better and such. Mm -hmm. But then um, I just started to get really, I don't even know how to describe it. Just basically seeking outward validation and, and things outside of myself. I was always try to find my other half, you know, and, and outside things. And really it was 2019. I, I started, I stumbled upon this video um, about gratitude journaling. And I was like, well, my, I had gained back most of the weight. My husband was super supportive and all that. You know, he, I, he accepted me for everything I was, but I wasn't happy with myself. And so I started gratitude journaling. And then that like went over into me starting to like have a vision of what I wanted to do in the future. And then turning the, those goals into little plans and processes and habits. And so I lost um, it, from 2019 till now, I've lost like 75 or 80 pounds and Amazing. we've you know moved wow. and I'm going back to school and doing the podcast and just, I just want to like help inspire other people who think that they've, you know, that they're stuck or that they can't move forward. Cause I felt that way for a long time. Yes. Yeah. And, and now you're on the other side and that's like the coolest thing is like when you get there and you're just like, I just want everybody to rise up with me, you know, and to, to, to be the people they're meant mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing when I was going through stuff, you know, it wasn't, I pulled, you know, a lot of inner strength to do this, but, but there were also like great people along the way that I met that, 
you know, like my husband and friends and family, or just even people on YouTube or the internet that inspired me. And I want to, you know, through my podcast, I'm interviewing different people that I find inspiring because I want to share inspirational messages with the world that I think will help impact people's lives. And I love that. Yes, we totally love that. Sister. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so what what's in the future for you? What are you what are you aspiring to do with with what's happened to you and your story? Where are you going? Well, at the moment, I'm trying to you know I just launched the podcast two weeks ago, so I'm really trying to you know get traction with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going back to school doing digital marketing and SEO, trying to start um, change my career into that. And um, you know I, I'd like to eventually write a book. I don't know exactly what, but I love to write because. Um, I went to I went to college for journalism, so I've always enjoyed writing. So those those three things are my my current goals, but I don't mm-hmm. know exactly when they'll you know come to fruition. <laughs> so Amanda, what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's struggling with who they are? You don't have to have it all figured out at once. Just start pursuing things that you enjoy. And the things that really resonate with you, go with them, you know, and keep on pursuing those things. Because I've, I've dabbled in so many things. I've, I'm, I'm an artist on the side and I tried to pursue that as a professional type thing. But, you know, for me, it was, it was too much pressure on something that was just a hobby, but still like pursue anything that, that makes you feel more alive and that will take you where you need to go. Oh, I love that. Yes. Um, what's something that you've learned about yourself going through this entire process? Oh, and this has been just even in the past month, um, in order to make the changes in my life that I want to make, I have to step out of my comfort zone. Oh, I totally hear that. I've been really like making an effort to do that lately. And every single time it's been nothing short of amazing. Like, I love that answer. You feel that that sense of accomplishment. You're like, wow, I did something that I didn't even think I could do. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, I totally hear that. (laughs) That's a great one. And that's, and that's like, both of you are testaments that this really does work, you know? And so this is great. Yes. Um, What do you think has been the hardest part about your journey? Um, I think a lot of it was, I've I always felt this need for to be understood because especially once I started telling people about what had happened to me and I, I had to kind of let go of that. I just had to be myself authentically and represent who I am. And, you know, cause everybody's open to their own interpretations of that. And I had to stop trying to force people to understand where I was coming from and, you know, take my point of view as theirs. And, and that's something that that was challenging because I wanted to be understood for so long. And now being myself, I draw on the right people instead of just trying to please everybody. So uh, what do you hope the takeaway is of your story for our listeners? Um, the main thing is just to know that no matter what you're going through, somebody out there has felt something similar, maybe not exactly the same, but somebody has felt a level of pain or, um, you know, dissociation or isolation that, that is relatable. And, you know, there's somebody out there who's, who's been through rough stuff and has done better. And there's hope for you to do the same. Basically. I just want people to know that they're not alone. They have the capacity to make changes they want to. We, we are on the same wavelength here. Yes, sister. Absolutely. 
Well, Amanda, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and where you are today. I know that it hasn't been easy, but before you go, we just have some fun pop questions that we're going to end with. So the first question is, if you could have an endless supply of anything, what would it be? Um, journals. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> yeah. But I'd have to make sure I had a pen too, because it would be pointless if I didn't have a pen. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Calm. Because Ooh. I'm not good at being calm. So that's a superpower I could use myself. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. What is your most used emoji? Um, heart. Love it. Oh, I think me too. <laughs> What's your stance on pineapple on pizza? Oh, I love pineapple on pizza. And I know not everybody accepts that. And that's okay. <laughs> it's my own pizza. <laughs> yes, exactly. You do you. Okay. Unapologetically pineapple pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Amazing. Um, and then the last question, are you a morning person or a night owl? I Naturally, I would be a night owl most of the time. But here recently, I've been waking up at 4.45 to 5 every morning and because I'm way more productive in the morning and I like it a lot more. So morning yeah, morning yeah. person now. Yeah, wow. that's great. That's how Tara and I always say like later in the day, we're both like, oh, our brains don't work anymore. Like don't ask us questions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, have to, I have to go meditate for like 20 or 30 minutes in the afternoon just to like refresh and, and reboot, I think, or something. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. Well, Amanda, we cannot thank you enough for sharing your story with our listeners. It's been so wonderful meeting you and talking with you. Thank you so much for being unapologetically you. Oh, thank you guys so much. It was so much fun to be here and share and just answer about pizza and such. <laughs> <laughs> We're so happy you joined us and we hope this story inspired you to be unapologetically you. Join us next time for another remarkable journey. And if you or someone you know has a story to share, please reach out to us on our website at unapologeticallyyoupodcast.com. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook at unapologeticallyyoupodcast. And please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on so that we can continue to inspire you.